When I used to live downtown, I'd often walk by the corner of Georgia and Robson. We all know that corner, I think. And I would see for some time uh, this man who used to stand on the corner. He was like wearing a sandwich board that said on either side, the end is near. And then with an apostrophe, repent. And this man was one of these street preachers and he was often talking about how the end is coming near. Conveniently, he knew when it was coming near. Uh, the rest of us weren't so sure. But we would talk about different destruction that was coming, kind of all these problems that the world was going to face. He was convinced that the end was very near and we needed to take dramatic action. Now, when we hear someone like that or we see something like that, we kind of tend to walk by. It's a bit troubling for us. We think the person might have some uh, difficulties, some challenges. We kind of feel sorry for them. For this reason, it's a bit strange when we hear Jesus in the gospel today talking in this way, talking about the end. Jesus is talking about war, destruction, insurrections, earthquakes, mighty signs from the sky. He's talking about persecution. He's speaking about a time when family will be pitted against family members. It's not a very pleasant picture. And when we hear Jesus speaking in this way, it can sound very foreign to us. And there's a reason for this. We often don't talk in this manner of speaking. This manner in which Jesus is speaking is a register that we would call apocalyptic. It's kind of a very specific genre, way of speaking, way of writing that was common at Jesus's time, but it's very distant from our experience. We don't really talk in this way, so we don't get the conventions anymore. It's like today we're all aware that there's many superhero movies, maybe too many superhero movies, but it would be difficult to describe in 500 years what these movies were all about. Did we think that they were real? Did we think there was Thor? Did we think there was a flying man who wore tights wearing blue and red? It seems a bit foreign to people maybe 500 years from now, but we kind of get it. We get the conventions, we know how this mode of genre works, but not so for apocalyptic literature. When we hear Jesus speaking this way, we don't really get the rules of how it works, and so it can seem strange, it can seem puzzling. But really, Jesus is speaking in a way that was common at his time. This apocalyptic mode of speaking already begins with the prophetic tradition. So we heard from the prophet Malachi in the first reading, who speaks about an end, oftentimes called the day of the Lord, where God is going to ultimately settle scores, where God is not going to allow evil to continue forever. There's going to be some sort of judgment and God is going to bring about something new. This sort of apocalyptic literature then develops out of this prophetic movement. And we find some apocalyptic literature in the Bible. It's very strange, difficult to read, such as the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, and as well, Jesus in the gospel of Luke and elsewhere in Mark speaks in this apocalyptic tone, this apocalyptic literature. And the first thing we need to know about this way of speaking, this way of writing, is that it's not meant to predict the future in a literal way. And this is why it's difficult for us when we see people with those sandwich boards who say the end is near and it's gonna happen next Tuesday. It's not meant to predict the future in such an accurate manner. Rather, apocalyptic literature, like what Jesus is doing today in the gospel, is meant to do two things. Number one, it's meant to challenge us, us, let me say that again, meant to challenge us. And number two, it's meant to fill us with hope, to challenge and to fill with hope. So the way Jesus is speaking is ultimately meant to challenge us. Jesus is talking about the fact that the world will end 
and he wants us to get the impression that it's coming soon. Jesus himself says he doesn't know when the world will end, but what he wants us to do is live with this spirit, to live in a spirit that we are always ready to meet Jesus. We want to live a life such that if Jesus walked through the doors of our church now, we would be ready to meet him. Just think about that for a moment. If the door is open and Jesus walks in, waves to us and says, how's it going guys? How have things been going the last 2000 years? What have you been up to? Now, if Jesus walked in for me, it'd be kind of like an awe-inspiring thing, of course, but I might feel a little bit uncomfortable because I realize that in my life, okay, there's some things going well, other things not so well. I'm living up to Christ's call in some ways, in other ways not. So Jesus, in this way of speaking, wants us always to be ready to meet Christ. And this ultimately was the spirit with which early Christians lived. I've mentioned before, one of the earliest prayers for Christians was Maranatha, come Lord. Christians prayed that Jesus would come back soon. But ultimately when Jesus speaks in this way, when he talks about a time in the future when the world is going to end, it should challenge us. We should ultimately try to live in such a way we're always ready to meet Jesus. Most of all, however, apocalyptic literature, the way that Jesus speaks, is meant to provide hope. It's meant to provide consolation. It's meant to provide encouragement. And this can be difficult for us to grasp. Apocalyptic literature, whether it's in the book of Revelation, Daniel, or when Jesus speaks, is always addressed towards a suffering community, a community undergoing persecution. The book of Daniel was written some 160 years before the birth of Jesus, at a time when the Jewish people were experiencing great persecution from a Greek king. Jesus, when he speaks as well, is speaking to his fellow Jewish community who are suffering under Roman occupation. The book of Revelation, written some 60 years or so after Jesus, also was written to a persecuted community who was suffering under Nero, under Domitian. And this literature is meant to inspire hope that God is ultimately in control. God knows the future. And when this literature, when Jesus talks about future events, it's not so much in such a way that we can predict it. Okay, this is gonna happen next month. This will happen next year. No, the way this genre works, the way this way of writing, speaking works, it's meant to convince us that God has a plan. God knows the future. Human history is in God's, God's hands ultimately. He's with us, he's going to care for us. And when Jesus talks about the end of the world, we should understand it in this way. Jesus is speaking about ultimately that the world in which we know it, which is marked by some injustice, some suffering is coming to an end. And this ultimately is meant to be a, a message of hope for us, that evil doesn't get the last word. Jesus Christ has come to work something new, a world of justice, a world of peace, a world of fraternity. This world is beginning here and now, but ultimately certain things are beginning to change and will change entirely when Jesus comes. What's most important for us to remember is that when Jesus says, okay, the world is going to end, we need to remember that he's building a new one. Jesus is replacing the current world in which we live, which has some good, which will continue with ultimately a better world, a better creation. And this should always be in the back of our mind when Jesus speaks in this way, the world is ending, but he's bringing about something new, something better. We live it. It's like a seed growing already. It's going to come to fruition when Jesus Christ returns. 
So this ultimately then is meant to be a message of hope and consolation for us. The world is ending, but Jesus is bringing about something better. There was a band that was very popular in the late 80s and 90s. Some of you might know it, R.E.M. it's called, the band R.E.M. And they had a song called, It's the End of the World as We Know It. I don't think they're Christian. They probably meant uh, the message of this song in a different way than what I'm gonna use it for, but okay, that's fine. So it's the end of the world as we know it, they would say. And that's ultimately the message that Jesus is talking about in the gospel. This world in which we live is ending in some ways. Injustice, persecution is coming to an end. Jesus is calling us to change, to build something greater. But ultimately we realize that a new world is beginning and this is meant to give us hope and consolation. So that song for REM continues. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And it ends most importantly, and I feel fine.